Good Monday morning. So good to be with you. And I, I want to approach a question which I am asked by far more than any other question. Uh, it is a, a plea for help and I take it as such. I don't get exasperated or tired of hearing the question because the people asking the question, to them, this is the first time. They have not experienced the walkthrough that some of us have. And so this is a desperate need. And they will say, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, we just want to try to find a church that does what you do locally so that we can have community. Well, human beings were created for community. And that form of community has become rather diaphanous and diverse uh, over the last several years in particular. The rise of the internet, the rise of social media, the rise of video options, also the rise of COVID, the rise of political divisions. And some churches are still bringing politics in all the time claiming they're not. And that splits places. And so now people are scattered and they're forming community online and they're forming community in house churches and such. But some people say, no, I, I need a brick and mortar place. I need instant church. So let's talk about that. Let's do that for this Monday morning's message. Who told you about instant church? At a church I served once for just delightful, wonderful nine years, had a great time there. Uh, one, of, uh, one of my staff members was going to move up from master's to a terminal degree in ministry, which is called the Doctor of Ministry. Unfortunately, it is often referred to as the D-Men because that's, it's a capital D period, capital M-I-N period is the way you show the person has that degree. And this was going to be one of those first new idea things, which is now just super common. And that is that you do your doctoral work mainly on your own and that you go to your cohorts from time to time uh, for special projects and reviews and such. But most of the time, you may be all the way across the country or even the world from where your school is. And so we brought in this huge computer <clears throat> that we, um, we call laptops even to this day. But back then, it was a, these were big, heavy things. And this was going to be his ticket to get his degree. By the way, spoiler alert, he got the degree, went on to do amazing work and still does amazing work. But the others of us in the staff, this is all new to everybody. And so we referred to that as his doctor of ministry in a box, eventually shortened to demon in a box. And so he would have his uh, demon in a box with him and he would work through his coursework. That kind of an instant, can you just hand it to me concept is encouraged by the way we do get things handed to us now instantly. Now, of course, with that degree though, it only looks instant. It took years, hard work, research, a ton of reading. I'll tell you right now, the best thing about finishing a doctorate or master's is that you get to finally read stuff you want to read. So all of that hard work, it just appeared instant. That's a good thing to remember. Jesus started one by one. In fact, there's even that old, old Sunday school song, Jesus named them one by one. And it talks about how Jesus in this little nowhere place with people who are not qualified to lead a church, but very, very good in their own places, you know, collecting taxes, running a fisherman business. These things were not, 
These people were not imbeciles. They had skills, but these weren't the skills that you would expect God to want and use and need to start a worldwide movement, one by one. Now, that's the way the church grew. Now, you may be thinking, no, 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 in Acts chapter 2, there were 3,000. A little bit later, there are 5,000. Yes. Yeah, but where'd those people come from? Those people were the low-hanging fruit of the new movement. These things were not normal. Mass baptisms were not normal. <clears throat> later on, there are periods of history, particularly in Europe, where there were mass baptisms, but those were not mass conversions. Those were the king is now a Christian, so you got to go out and be baptized. Or your knight, your earl, your local lord has driven you all to the water to be baptized because he's now picking a side. Those weren't conversions, so discount those. But where did they get the low-hanging fruit? Well, they had a natural community of Jews because Christianity came out of the Jewish faith and retains many Jewish elements. And it, by the way, just make sure you understand, God did not replace the Jews with the Christians. The Christians are here as, as a gift of God and God still loves the Jews and God now saves everybody. He wants to save everybody, all right? So <clears throat> not a replacement, but the Jews in that point of history were losing their center. They were being driven out by a large variety of reasons, economic, a lot of persecution, waves of persecution, divisions within their own community. So their, their once cohesive, very localized group, and didn't matter how spread they were, they always came back to that localized group for special days during the year. That has been or is being busted up, not by Christians, but by Romans, by again, divisions within the Jewish community. And so they're scattering now. They are like many of you who might be in a farm in Missouri or might be in a small town somewhere in Nebraska or might be in a village in Tanzania. And you're wondering, well, who can I have community with? Here's the thing. They had the same problem, but they didn't have the internet. They were scattered and they had to find people who believed one by one, or far more common, they loved people until the people asked them why, and they shared the Jesus story, and one by one, they gathered and made community. And most people that I talk to, quite frankly, aren't that patient. They want community in a box. We wanna be able to go to a place, and it has these programs, and this community, and we fit right in. I'm gonna tell you with all of my heart, that's fine. It really is. I think some people absolutely are wired for that and there's nothing anybody can say or do that's gonna knock them off of it. And when they get connected, they do amazing, wonderful work for Jesus. But there are others, the scattered, those that were driven out of their churches by divisions, by disagreements, by COVID, by the rules or the non-rules, whatever that particular issue had. Others were driven out because churches didn't act very Christian. And so you've got scarred people. There is uh, no need to name it. There have been several groups over time that uh, their whole modus operandi was to come in 
enter a church, slowly form friendships within it, and then take it over and impose a new order upon the church. In this case, they're very much parasites, but that's how they grew. One of those came into the town where I worked and started working on several of my members. And I uh, approached our leaders and said, how do we deal with this? And one of the leaders had had experience in another town. He said, Patrick, all we have to do is wait. Because if you want to build the biggest church in our town, all you have to do is go pick up the people, those people scarred and tossed aside. I have found that is true even where I live now. In the Nashville area, if I want the biggest church in the Nashville area, all I have to do is find the scarred, broken, hurt people that were made that way by churches. I know I carry scars, and I know that many of you do because you've shared your stories with me. Always love to hear the stories. Patrick at rsafeharbor.com. Love to hear the stories. We keep them confidential unless you tell us you'd like them shared, and that's really rare. So normally we just keep them confidential. I say we, me, I don't share most of that. Uh, I might share one with a couple leaders, but only with permission, okay? Your confidence is trusted here. We have, we have a world where everything is in, instant, where we stand in front of our microwaves and we go, come on. And after COVID, and are we ever gonna be after COVID? And all these political divisions and the hate that just pours out, even in places that are supposed to be social, uh, like Twitter, like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. They find ways to channel hate and division. And if you're not like us, you're 100%, then you're the enemy. Where do you find community? Well, we don't find it instant. We don't find it handed to us in a box, most of us. Again, earlier I mentioned, some do, it works brilliant for them, and this should be in no way heard as a criticism of them because they are doing the work of the Lord and they are being filled and they are filling others. What more could you ask? But for the majority of us, we don't want it handed to us in a box. And if we do, we, sh we find out pretty quickly there are no boxes already made. So we worship with our family. We speak as we walk along the road. Deuteronomy 6, read it, believe it, absorb it. We talk of Christ as we stand up, as we sit down, as we go out, as we come in. And then the community builds like it did around Jesus and the apostles, one by one. Sometimes you'll pick up a big, big group. Might be five, 10, 15, might be 300, because you've stumbled upon a church that has lost its way and is asking for your help, or you've stumbled upon a community of isolated Christians. Perhaps the church they were in decided to go left or decided to go right politically, and they could not hold with this. Or they decided to rush forward, um, I'll say forward, who knows directions in God's eyes, forward to progressive uh, theology and, you, were, and you know, either buy it or just be thrown to the side, and you were thrown to the side. Or they decided to yank all the chains back and run over to the right theologically, just to protect themselves and put up walls and say, here we stand, we shall do no other, and left you out in the middle of the street because you couldn't go there. That's the majority of Christians today. The majority of us are homeless. 
And so our safe harbor was built to be a home where we really don't care if you're Democrat or Republican, and we really don't have the borders that other churches do. Instead, we just say, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you're a member. And if you don't believe that, you're still a member. You still are free to walk with us as we all figure out what is true. But it won't be instant. We need to, um, we need to do some things, though. We need to listen to Jesus because he told us how to do this. The one by one, he said, throw your bread upon the water. I believe that at some time I've mentioned this in these last 18 months of, or 19 months of our church's existence. But if you know the sea and you know fishermen, I'm not a fisherman, but I know the sea and I have a lot of friends who are avid fishermen of all different types, commercial, private, uh, recreational. You can go to an area that you know has a lot of fish and you can take scraps of bread or other fish type food and just throw it on the water in that one spot. Looks like a waste, complete waste. Go back tomorrow, same time, throw it on the water. Keep doing that, keep doing it and keep doing it. It looks like a waste, it looks like you're going nowhere. And then one day, instead of throwing bread out there, you throw a net or you throw a line with a hook on it and you'll catch fish. Have you ever been to one of those parks where they have the huge koi, the, you know, the huge goldfish that the Japanese have developed over the years to be really ornaments, living ornaments in their gardens. And often as you walk over a little bridge with a, a large koi pond, you'll see that they're all following you and their mouths are up there just doing this. You look over and there's a place you can put a quarter or a 10 pence or, or whatever, and you crank it and then get a little handful of food and you toss it and they are coming like crazy. You think they were born doing that? No. Bread on the water. And now they become a tourist attraction. And what mean-hearted father won't let his kids experience the joy of, look, you are interacting with nature in a safe way. You're not hugging a bear, you're tossing food off a bridge into the mouths of, of really large goldfish or koi. That's, um, that's how you do it. It's one at a time. Bread on the water. You start building. How do you do this? People say, well, I want a church like that. Make it. Form it. Make friends. You see somebody in your neighborhood that the grass has grown a bit large and you, you think, well, you know, they may be out of town. They might be sick. Knock on a door, no answer, mow the lawn. Don't do anything permanent like paint the place, but you know, mow the lawn and do it their way just as a gift. You don't even have to put a little note on there that said, Done, you know, I did this by a Christian, we want you to come to church. People will talk. Put the carts away when you see extra carts at your grocery store. Be the one who never walks by a crying person. Be the one who smiles at people in airports, because <laughs> people don't smile in airports. Be the person, and not, not a freaky smile, just a kind, just kind smile as you pass. Notice who needs help and help them. You will begin to be light that attracts people it will be slow, but your children and grandchildren will inherit a different kind of church, an active faith, not instant, 
because most of us know this. An instant meal, an instant coffee is not as good as the real thing. Oh, it'll get you by. You can survive, but it's not as good. I'll close with this little thing because we've gone over our time. Apologies for that. My wife knows if anything were to happen to her, I would live on instant um, single-serve meals in the microwave. I would just buy them, buy the gross, because I can't make food. I've tried. I just I can't. I can make a sandwich, but that's about it. I don't mind those meals. Had one yesterday as we were all busy heading different directions. But when I look at a meal my wife has made and I see the asparagus that's lined up just right and over here is pumpkin squash just lined up just right and seasoned perfection, I can tell the difference and how my soul, my eye, and my life is improved by having such a wonderful person in it who brings me these things. Don't be satisfied with instant church where you just walk in a couple times a week, get the fill up, check the box, and walk on. Be the church 24-7. Slowly build community. Instant will keep you alive. Slow will change your life. God bless. Have a great week. Cheers.